You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 118. I'm Jimmy Kemsky with phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of bleedinggreennation.com. Brandon, how's your uh, quarantining going? Jimmy, I'm just really excited about this NFL schedule release coming out on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. It's it's super permanent. It's definitely going to stick. So I just can't <laughs> wait for that. When we talk about like what, what we get, I get asked like what I get excited about during the NFL season. And that actually is one thing. Like I guess some things, because you, it's my job now, like I don't get as excited for than I did when I didn't okay, have a job time. and I was just a fan. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, I mean, you kind of you kind of lose your excitement for some things, you know, when, when it kind of becomes your job. But the NFL schedule release is like one of my favorite days of the year work-wise because I get to kind of see like where, where I'm going to be going when, like what city I want to stay an extra day in, stuff like that. And it's kind of a bummer this year because, like you said, like when that thing comes out, it's going to be like, okay, well, that's fine. It's like it's like booking a vacation and like not knowing if it's going to happen or not. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Um, <laughs> Which is kind of a bummer. Did, have, you, have, you, uh, have you done anything in your little quarantining over there? For what? I don't know. You, just generally speaking. Oh, anything at all? Yeah. What are you, Dude, well, I can't how, reveal how, the How are you keeping yourself busy? My extremely cagey uh, personality and life. I can't just dish that out on this public <laughs> forum. Uh, mostly just, you know, going through some post-draft stuff. I'm uh, going through a series that I always go through every year where I kind of reach out to the SB Nation college blogs of the players the Eagles drafted. So I think it's kind of fun to get, like, their perspective yep. on the players they watch. Like, you just can't substitute that. Like, you can, you know, you can watch a prospect leading up to the draft, but, like, you don't have the same intimate knowledge as a fan who's watched them for, like, four years or three years or whatever. So uh, kind of that mainly work-wise, so obviously you can check those out at bleedinggreennation.com. And then just playing a lot of Warzone in my downtime, okay. Call of Duty. I've been playing Mario Kart. Yeah, with your own character. <laughs> yes, with my own character. We already, uh, I already got a lot of heat over that over tw- yeah. on Twitter. I told um, you. I told you it was like, not a normal thing to do. I'm surprised that people view that as, as an abnormal thing. Hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like when I pass guys, my guy goes, bye, <laughs> 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 which is fun. I shave my head. Which wow. is, <laughs> yeah. It's whoa, wait. We need to get some pictures of this. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny because uh, I didn't shave it. I like I didn't bick it, but uh, I okay. did buzz it. So I used like a four on the whole thing. Wow. And then I went two, just and then like blended it up. But I did the whole thing like all by myself. I didn't like I didn't ask my girlfriend to help me or with that or anything like that. But we just had the Carson Wentz conference call. I don't know how many Zoom meetings you've done, but. When you first log on, like you first, you have to, my understanding is anyway, that you have to pick like, you know, video meeting if you want to see other video. But what will happen is your screen will be like, it'll show you when you first get on and then you can go in and and click, don't show my screen. So I didn't want anyone to see my shaved head. I just didn't want to hear, I just didn't want to hear any garbage from anyone. 
But Bo happened to see it in like the five seconds that I was of live course. on. Like, and he in the chat section of the video of, of, of the Zoom video goes, "Oh my God, Jimmy's head! Look at him!" <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see Jimmy's head, hashtag Jimmy Buzz. <laughs> Jimmy Buzz, that's good. Yeah, all right. But uh, yeah, it does not look good. Uh, it feels great. I mean, my hair is just out of control. It feels great to not have that anymore. But uh, it does it. Uh, it does not look good. Well, at least not many people can see it. Until the people <laughs> who uh, peer pressure you or, or whatever, public pressure you into uh, revealing it. But uh, we got a lot to talk about here, Jimmy. We do. A lot of Eagles stuff. The theme of our show today will be just generally speaking, are the Eagles good? Or is their roster good? Or however you want to put it. And we're going to go position by position. Uh, I just put out my uh, you know, my initial like way too early 53-man roster projection. Brandon put out his... Uh, a few days ago. I didn't look at yours, by the way. Did you look at mine? Yeah, I did. Okay. I don't have it committed to memory, but I glanced through it. I have no idea who you have on there, so mm. uh, purposely. But we'll go through position by position and kind of see where they're good, where they may not be good, where they're deep, where they're maybe not deep. Uh, starting, let's just get right in. Let's just jump right into it. Quarterback, Carson Wentz, Nate Sudfeld. Jalen Hurts, I assume you have those same three guys. Those are my three quarterbacks, Jimmy. I think the obvious is that there's a pretty good reason to feel about Carson Wentz coming off the season at the end of last year. You know, that really hot stretch yep. at the end of the year. Uh, feel really Carried good. the team on his back. Carried the team on his back. Came up clutch. You know, these must-win games week after week. The concussion obviously put a damper on things. Played 17 games still. It's not like he picked up some kind of new long-term injury not to downplay the severity of a concussion but right, right. you know just talking about his legs or his arm whatever point is like he's not coming into the season, he didn't have you know. a surgery he doesn't have a long yeah. rehab for for like acl for example you know that's not really the the biggest topic of conversation funny <laughs> right. enough, when it comes to this position it's uh what what does the rest of the position look like who is the number two quarterback i think we are lockstep in this jimmy i have nate sudfeld not Jalen Hurts, who the Eagles drafted at number 53 as my number two quarterback. Yeah, I have Sud as the number two right now as well. And not because he's better than Hurts. Uh, certainly Hurts is you know more talented than uh, or has and has more potential, obviously, than than uh, Nate Sudfeld. But when you just when you look at this offseason in particular with the COVID outbreak and whatnot, there's no OTAs. There's no mini camp. Training camp is going to probably be altered in some way. So you know, you, you look at the amount of reps that Hertz is going to be able to get, and they're just not going to be there. I mean, because you're missing all the you know, the rookie camp, the OTs, the mini camps. But on top of that, in training camp, because you're already limited with time, Wentz is going to gobble up all like all the reps that he can get. I think that's sort of like the underrated aspect of of uh, of this of this topic, because I mean, you got to get him ready for the season too, and yeah, you got to get him on the same page with his new receivers. Line calls and you know the offensive line. There's just he's got he's going to get more reps than he normally would during training camp, in my opinion. The idea that Hertz is going to get up to speed, learning a, a pro playbook, and sort of be ready to play week one is just sort of kind of unrealistic to me. So I think early in the season, anyway, Sud will be the two and Hertz will be the three. I don't know if that'll change throughout the season, but uh, Hertz is clearly. Um, in my opinion, sort of a long-term prospect for them than he is a guy that's going to come out and play in any way in, in year one. Yeah, I wrote in that like a normal offseason, I think Hertz would pretty clearly, definitely, like be the number two. Yes. I think you have Sudfeld and Kyle LaLetta kind of battling it out for a third job that may or may not exist at that point. 
Um, the Eagles could keep just all four guys, Jimmy, since they are a quarterback factory, after all. Uh, they, they could try to find a way to make it. Not really, though. Just, <laughs> just dumb dope. Yeah, I, I think Hurts definitely is impacted by the offseason time. I do think he will be active on game day. I, I heard you. Do you? I, okay. I do. Let's keep in mind, they did increase the uh, active game day roster from uh, 46 to 53. Or, sorry, 46 48. to 48. Yeah. One of those extra spots has to be an offensive lineman. You have to have at least eight offensive linemen active, I believe. So I just, there's more room for it. And I, you know, I don't, I, I just, I don't think it's a 0% chance they're going to do some like weird gimmicky packages. Like there's been too much smoke around it for me to believe like it's all just bunk. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I think we, so we, we both agree on quarterback here. I do think it is bunk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> bunk or no bunk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I would certainly say that subtle be the two, like we said already, uh, hurts will be the three. Uh, any, anything else that there or running back? Let's go to running back, Jimmy, where Miles Sanders showed star potential, I would say, down the stretch last year. Uh, I feel like we kind of forget about that in a way just because of, you know, the season ends in a kind of abrupt and disappointing fashion. Yes. And then Miles got hurt in the Giants game. Uh, like, he, he was looking great early in that game, by the way. And just down the stretch as a whole, like, he really came on. And I think that's something huge in the Dallas game. Week 16. I think it's underrated of a storyline how like Miles Sanders is really shaping up to be like the first, like the guy at running back. Like the Eagles haven't had the guy at running back really under Doug Peterson since 2016. It's always been, you know, pretty heavily a committee. And I still think, you know, there's going to be a rotation to some extent because the Eagles kind of just do that again under Doug Peterson. You're going to see other backs in there. It's not going to be like it used to be with like, you know, Shady, you know, and he's playing like pretty much, you know, all the running back snaps. But I do think Sanders is really going to be more present as that lead guy than uh, we've ever really seen out of one Eagles running back before. And I think he's just, I think he's going to be a star player. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what he can do in year two. Yeah, the thing about uh, that, I, you know, I've been guilty of saying this too, is, you know, they, they should add... I'm not guilty because there's nothing wrong with saying this, but uh, I've you know I've said that they should add like sort of a power complement uh, to Miles Sanders who can sort of run between the tackles, whereas Sanders is more of like the explosive guy. Uh, but Sanders does just fine on just fine in his own right running running between the tackles. Like he's not just like some speed guy, some like you know change of pace guy. Like he's a he's a legit three down back in my opinion, and it's not like he's like some small back. I mean, he's 5'11", he's, he's like 210, 215 pounds, somewhere in that range. And, you know, there, there were times last year where he ran through tacklers. So he's mm-hmm. not like this this guy who can't break tackles and, and can't kind of, you know, lay the wood on defenders uh, here and there. He's a guy that, uh, you know, can do everything, in my opinion. Now, I do think they could, they should really add another guy who can be sort of a banger between the tackles to wear defenses out and be the guy that sort of carries the load a little bit when they have like bigger leads and you're trying to sort of play uh, the four minute offense, so to speak in the uh, fourth quarter. But, uh, but yeah, as far as Miles Sanders goes, I'm, I'm with you totally that he has the chance to be a great running back in the league. Did you have four uh, running backs total? Yeah. So I have them keeping Boston Scott, AKA juice Lord, who I'm trying to get that nickname stick for him because I think it's really good. Hashtag Juice Lord if you like Boston Scott. What is that? Where did that come from? Uh, I don't know. I just was writing it one day. Uh, Juice was, Lord? Yeah, I was writing up my running back <laughs> position review it just, and it just hit me. And I didn't even know if anyone would like it or think it was stupid. But a couple people, <laughs> including BGN's own Seamus Clancy, really like it. All right. Uh, so sticking with it. 
Uh, also, again, 2019, week 17, NFC Offensive Player of the Week, Boston Scott, to you out there. Uh, I have them, yeah, so Sanders, Scott, Corey Clement, who the Eagles really liked, like, you know, uh, coming off of the Super Bowl. They're really high on him, and obviously he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. So I think if he can, you know, he, he brings special teams value. He kind of is uh, diverse in that he's shown pass-catching ability. But I also think he kind of has some physicality to him. And then, you know, that fourth spot, I think they do keep four, is kind of up for grabs and that it could be like Michael Warren, that UDFA, the Eagles signed. Yes. And I believe he was one of the guys you said the Eagles have a draftable grade on, Jimmy? Yes, he was. He okay. It was him. Raekwon Williams, the defensive tackle. Graylin Arnold. Graylin Arnold, the safety slot corner, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Jariga, the, the center. center from Western Michigan. Yep. And I can't uh, – who was the who was the fifth guy? Defensive we'll get to back. him, I'm sure, at some point. Um, just want to finish up at running back yeah. by saying that uh, one option to keep an eye on in the free agent market is Carlos Hyde, who's still out there. Came off, uh, I think, career year last year terms of total production and he overlapped with eagles senior offensive assistant rich gangarello in uh with the 49ers for one year in 2017 so that could be a little relationship to keep an eye on jimmy we kind of we forgot to do our own good or bad for quarterback <laughs> right i was, was going to go back to that too when when we finished up on running back so but yes what do you, quarterback yeah, what do you they're up, they're obviously good there good yeah cl- okay. clearly i mean wh- where would you where would you rank wins by the way like I, I think he, I think he's sort of in like the five to ten range. I was going to say top ten. That's okay. what I was saying. Yeah. yeah so basically, say so you wouldn't say top five, but you'd say top ten. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So good about that one. And how do we feel about running backs? They're okay. Well, it's so, good or bad, Jimmy. You have to pick. Yeah. Take well, side. they're, they're more good than they're more good than bad for okay. sure. So I'd say good at running back. I'll say good. You, when you look at the running back position too, by the way, like they had the worst running back situation in the NFL in 2018. Oh yeah. And then they fixed it last year, um, and this year I think they're in, they're in good shape. But I, I kind of see it the same way as you, Sanders, Scott. I think Corey Clement will actually wind up being the four because I do think they'll add a third guy. Okay. My yeah. guy would be Isaiah Crowell. Nice. I'm just I'm just a good fan of him. I'm just a big fan of him, rather. Like mm-hmm. there was one time he scored a touchdown. Yep. And he we wiped his doing. he wiped his butt with the football. <laughs> that sealed the deal. Did I say that on the last podcast? No, I just I read. Yeah, okay. I you, you read, yeah, but I, that's <laughs> he just wiped very his butt with the football and then he threw it into the into the stands. Which yeah. uh, I'm I'm sold right right there. But he's also like he's a legit like between the tackles runner. He can catch the ball out of the back. I think he'd be just a really good fit. And then of course there's Shady, who um, you know as you've mentioned on many of occasions that mm-hmm. you know they they did have interest in bringing him back at, at various times over the last few years. So he's a free agent. He's still out there. I don't think that would be a great idea. I don't think you do either. Am I correct on mm-hmm. that? But uh, that's on the correct. table. But yeah, so running back, I'd say they're good. Yeah, last thing I'll say is that Adrian Killens is, uh, I think, more of a practice squad guy, but it could be fun to watch in the preseason. Yes. Uh, people were upset that I didn't have him on my 53, actually. Yeah. Well, people see the speed. They're they're intrigued. He's like 165 pounds. So, like, he's got a he's got an uphill climb to make an NFL roster. Wide receiver, I have the Eagles keeping six here. And Alshon Jeffrey is not one of those players, Jimmy, despite the fact that good friend and former, at least, uh, and maybe in the future, who knows, BGN contributor slash Philadelphia Eagles mothership uh, master, whatever you you want to use his title there. Dave Spadaro uh, on Alshon Jeffrey 
Jimmy. He's saying, quote, the plan is for Austin Jeffrey to be a major part of the offense as he recovers from his list Frank injury. Mm-hmm. He has to complete his rehab, of course, and Jeffrey is in the course of doing so. The Eagles have made sure this offseason to get the word out that Jeffrey is being <laughs> counted on, and Roseman has had conversations to that extent with having number 17 in the picture. A healthy and fully focused and hungry Jeffrey would be a huge boost for the offense. He eats up defensive backs. <laughs> and the Eagles are fully aware that the last complete game Jeffrey played was at Miami on December 1st, and he caught nine passes for 137 yards and a touchdown. He was dominating. Having Jeffrey back all the way is an important piece in the offensive puzzle for 2020. I do appreciate the Eagles' uh, sales attempts here <laughs> to sell him to the rest of the league. I don't think they're going to buy it. Uh, and I remain steadfast in my and in my thinking that he's not going to be on the roster in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at that Dolphins game, by the way, 16 targets, uh, nine catches, 137 yards, one touchdown, 130, 137 yards in that game, 490 yards on the season. So what is that? What is that percentage? 28%. Okay. 28%. Of his season yards came in that one game. And by the way, in that one game, I remember like looking back or I remember like in my quote unquote five matchups to watch, I couldn't see a way that the Dolphins could possibly beat the Eagles in this game because of how banged up their secondary was. So just to take a little you know trip back uh, down memory lane, cornerback number one, Xavier Howard out with a, out, he was on IR with an knee injury. Cornerback number two, Eric Rowe, he had moved to safety because they had tons of like safety injuries and and guys that were traded or whatever. And by that, we're talking about Minka Fitzpatrick, who was traded to the Steelers. Uh, Rashad Jones, he was on IR with uh, with a shoulder injury. Bobby McCain was on IR with a shoulder injury. They had uh, their 2017 third-round pick, Rodrea Tankersley. Uh, he had he suffered a torn ACL the previous year and wasn't ready to return. Uh, by that game in the, in the 2019 season, they traded for a keep to lead. That was more of like a, a, a basically a money dump for the uh, for the Rams. He was on IR, so they were left with Ken Crawley leading up to that game, who was added off of waivers from the Saints like four weeks prior. He didn't even play, he wound up not playing in that game. They had a guy named Nick Needham, undrafted free agent, who got cut at 53 man cut down. Said on a terrible roster at the time, by the way, added to the practice squad, got called up to the roster week six. Jamal Wiltz. Former Eagles training camp guy, sort of a career practice guy. Uh, I guess he made the team that year. The Dolphins had added him as a as a futures contract guy that year and was was starting for them. Eric Rowe, as mentioned previously, he was playing safety instead of corner. And then their other safety was Stephen Parker, who had, who had been added off of waivers from the Rams earlier in the season. So that's who Alshon Jeffrey did his damage against last year. And again, as you mentioned, 28% of his production came in that one game. And the rest of the season, he managed... So what do we have here? What, what do we say he was? 490... Four touchdowns. 490 minus uh, 137. He had 353 yards the rest of the season against a legitimate secondary. Against mm-hmm. legitimate secondaries. Yeah, so. and that, that yard per reception <laughs> mark, too, is a career low for him. Yeah, well, he had 11.4 on the season, mm-hmm. Alshon did. He's averaging under 10 yards per catch the rest of the season. Yikes. 9.6 yards per catch the rest of the season. If you take, away, take out that Dolphins game against basically practice squad secondary. So, so the idea the that element. the idea that he was awesome in this Dolphins game actually, in my opinion, makes his season worse when you kind of look at the when you kind of look at it in, in that kind of context. Anyway, 
<laughs> I think he's on like PUP at best, even anyway. Like, uh, even if he was around, I'm saying, yeah, and I don't think he will. But even if he did, like, I just think, you know, I mean, it depends when the season starts and all of that. With all that caveat aside, um, I just, yeah, I just don't see it. So I have the Eagles keeping six outside of him. I have them keeping Deshaun Jackson, obviously a lock. Uh, Jalen Rager, uh, JJ Arthiga Whiteside, who I want to touch on a little bit here. Okay, uh, Marquise Goodwin and Greg Ward. Okay. Although not necessarily a lock. And then John Hightower. So I have Quez Watkins on the practice squad. Uh, I want to stop down on JJ a little bit because he was uh, interviewed this week recently for a Spanish outlet called 100 Yardas. And good friend on Twitter here, uh, I believe his name is at process underscore this 76. If I don't have that wrong, Ignacio uh, is his display name. Uh, translated some of it. And very kind to do that. And one of the, or a couple of the biggest takeaways from the interview was that one point in the season, uh, JJ had to, needed help to walk to the bathroom, so he's playing through injury. And the other thing was uh, tough to learn every single position in the playbook because he came into the game knowing, uh, not knowing where he was going to play. So, are you buying or selling a JJ? Uh, I don't want to hear any of that. <laughs> First of all, that's the NFL. Like that's that's just sort of the reality for those guys. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, mean to sound. Uh, I don't know. It's easy for me to say, yeah, just tough it out because I'm just mm-hmm. sitting on my sofa watching them on TV. You know, like, where they're they're out there actually playing. But that's just how. I mean, if you if anyone read Bo Wolf's piece about Jason Kelsey and like sort of the injuries that these guys sort of play through throughout the entire season, Jason Kelsey didn't miss in, in a single snap last season, and just to go through like all the pain that he suffers throughout the season. Mm-hmm. is crazy so it's really not that out of the ordinary for for these guys to not feel so great throughout yeah. the, you know on their on their days off dur- during the uh regular season so you know I, I i'm not interested in any of that and then as far as not learning the playbook yeah okay we already kind of um we, we already kind of understand that there's a transition especially at the wide receiver position from college to the nfl so that's not anything revealing i mean they did have them sort of cross training at a couple different positions which in hindsight, you can look back and go, okay, well, maybe that wasn't the best idea. And actually going forward, I think it's a debate of, on whether they should do that with Jalen Rager or not. I don't think they should. I think they should just put him in one spot and let him learn that spot and just be good at it. So, you know, maybe you do kind of look at his season with that understanding, I guess. But again, I don't want to hear that from him. <laughs> you know, like other people should be making those excuses for him. He shouldn't be making those excuses. So I don't – I would say bad. I feel bad about receiver. I don't I feel good about it either, yeah. I think things could go right. I'm not trying to say – like, there's this yes. scenario where Deshaun Jackson stays healthy. Jalen Rieger, like, is, like, the rookie of the year. I think he has star potential. I've said this. JJ kind of clicks. Doesn't even necessarily need to become a star himself, but he kind of just, like, gets out of his own way and, like, becomes a competent NFL player. Um, good win can be, like, a nice either backup to Deshaun or role player or whatever. Um, you know, the rookies kind of help out like the high tower could do kick returns. Rager could do kick. Like, I think there's a situation where this kind of all comes together here or some things come together, but the, the fact there's so many like things that could also go wrong, <laughs> like yeah. there's not a lot of sure things. I'm going to have to say that. Yeah. To borrow like a, a sort of a draft phrase, it does kind of have like a boomer bust quality to it. Yes. But I uh, think the, I think the bust quality is more likely than the boom quality so i'll go I'll, i don't feel great about this group either bad okay so tight end we probably don't have to spend a ton of time now <laughs> Ertz, Ertz is a great receiving tight end yep. dallas goddard is a very complete young tight end 
And then in TD, TD number three, I don't get can't, 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 can't you find somebody better than Josh Perkins? Who did you have on there? Joe Perkins or somebody else? Jimmy, it is time to give Alex Ellis the chance okay. that he needs. I mean, really, he was the he was the true number three tight end at the beginning of last year. They called Ellis up over Perkins at the beginning of the year, and then he got hurt, and then Perkins you know, got called up, and they brought Ellis back, but they still stuck with Perkins, which was weird to me. Yeah, I just think Josh Perkins is really not very good, like – Enough. Like we we've seen enough. I'm not trying to make it personal, but I, I've just seen too much Josh Perkins, and <laughs> I, I, this is way too passionate of an argument about a third tight end. But I thought Alex Ellis looked pretty good last year. Yeah, and he only joined the team like very like early in training, or well, it was like early August, I think. We're talking about training camp here, by the way, because didn't, we didn't get to see enough of him in regular season games. He had a nice block, like in a goal line situation. He had a touchdown catch in, in, the in a real game. game. He had a touchdown catch last year? Yep, in the Ravens preseason game. He had a nice oh, in the preseason game. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he – so I think he showed – he's demonstrated ability blocking, catching, and special teams. Like he was, he had a huge hit, I think, in that Ravens game on special teams too or, or another preseason game. Like so to me – and he can be your fullback. So to me, I want Alex Ellis on this team. Yeah, he was uh, a late addition to training camp. And uh, I remember standing with somebody – might have been you – and – I was like, this guy's actually pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, like it was, he was good enough where I actually took the time to you know look him up and see you know sort of what his background was, and he was already in the league, so it shouldn't have been a huge surprise that he looked okay in training camp. But I'm with you. I, I I've seen enough of Josh Perkins, and I guess the team likes him because he has, if you want to call it wide receiver tight end versatility but when you're not good at either of them i don't know why i don't know how like you can be called versatile if you're not good at either spot but uh yeah i'm I'm kind of uh i I think they can do better there is the way i'll put it Mm -hmm. and whether that's alex ellis or somebody else but i actually had josh perkins on my 53 because it wasn't like what i would do it's what i think the team would do right now so we we definitely feel good about tight end Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best tight end one-two tight end combination in the NFL. I don't and, think it's, I don't think it's close. And in theory, if it all goes to plan and works out, the speed added on offensive receiver should, in yes. theory, open things up for the middle uh, for Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. So that's the uh, that's the theoretical upside of yes. those moves. Yeah, Ertz was fired up when they traded for Deshaun last year. Sure, and then he only got to reap the benefits of that for one week. And then that was that. But <laughs> but yeah, uh, he, he seems to understand that, uh, yeah, the, these speed guys on the outside are going to do wonders for sort of opening up the short to intermediate areas of the field for those guys. And for the okay. running game, too, by the way. For sure. All right. So we'll do offensive line here. Then we'll get to our break before we go to the defense. Uh, I have the Eagles going heavy here on okay. the, the offensive line, Jimmy. I have them keeping 10 players. Mm. And part of that is, I think they, like, again, that rule said they have to have, I'm pretty sure the rule is they have to have eight active on game day. So they can, they, they don't have to, but there's no reason that you wouldn't. So one of the two extra spots has to be an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. or you can just leave that empty if you want. <laughs> so, you know, why wouldn't you have an extra offensive lineman? But so the the, the, the two extra spots... You know, like you said before, it's it's a 46-man roster on game day. You can have 48. One of them has to be a lineman if you're going to use that spot. And the overall roster now, so some people are like, shouldn't this be a 55-man roster? Because no, because really there's still a base 53. And yes. the two extra guys you can add up each single week 
our guys from, from the, the practice, practice squad, squad. Yeah, and yeah. you can do that like what a couple times you can call them up a couple times and put them back without like making them subject to waivers or anything Correct. But you can only do that so many times so like i mean teams are going to be doing 55 in case of injuries they're not going to just be doing that you know in the event of like just carelessly doing that so it's still like a true 53 and then the guys on the practice squad are your extra two so it's a little like complicated it's a silly me, rule just just yeah. just make the just make it 55 nfl yeah. stop screwing around with this although it will be kind of a fun thing to like guess on like who's gonna be added <laughs> up each week it's gonna More be like a, it's gonna be a stupid like saturday pointless thing to project i guess but I don't know what the what, what are you doing NFL? Just make it fifty five. Jimmy Jason Peters, I have him on the Eagles fifty three man roster this this year. Uh, Me too. Derek Gunn only said last week that it is quote only a matter of time until the Eagles bring back Jason Peters because he said they want Peters back and Peters wants to be back. And so I if it's only a matter of time and he pretty like definitively said that like then I'm expecting it to happen. And uh, already had this and I've been saying that throughout the offseason. I've been saying like he's still out there. Like I wouldn't just assume like he's gone for good like they could bring him back so um so in that case i have them keeping the same offensive line that they've had for a couple seasons now and jason peters isaac Samalo, jason kelsey brandon brooks who's coming off the off-season injury but mm-hmm. I, you know i'm guessing will be ready in time for the season uh, and then lane johnson at right tackle and that means jimmy that that your 2019 first round pick that you traded up for Andre Dillard, he's not even your swing tackle because he can't play right tackle. He's only your backup left tackle. Which they'll need because you, uh, you have to account for JP to get hurt at some point numerous mm-hmm. times, <laughs> rather, throughout the season. So, I mean, I guess it's more it's a more important left tackle backup only job than it would be otherwise around the league. But, yeah, it's not great when uh, you trade up for a guy in the first round and he's still a backup two years later. If 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 we are correct anyway in our thinking that they are going to sign Jason Peters back, and that's kind of funny. I just this thought just popped in my head. Like you're comfortable enough knowing that Dillard's probably going to have to pay, play anyway, but you're not comfortable enough starting him. You know what I mean? Like isn't that kind of weird? Because then you're also just spending the cap space on Peters. Like if you don't have if you're not confident in Andre Dillard at all, then like what are we doing here? Like I don't know. It's frustrating. That whole thing is frustrating to me. I, Again, they haven't done it yet, so I'm not going to, like, you know, kill them until we see it happen. But uh, that's just the thought I had. I want to get to a couple other things to me. Um, well, real, real quick, real quick uh, okay. just before we move off the starting five, um, Brandon Brooks, you mentioned yeah. with the injury. He, he suffered a season-ending shoulder injury yes. in the Eagles' NFC East clinching Week 17 win over the Giants last year. Uh, during his locker room clean-out day, uh, after the Eagles season was over, he said that he had, he was he would have surgery at the time we were in January. Uh, he was going to rehab in San Diego for a little while, be back in Philly to continue his rehab uh, sometime late February, early March. And he thought that he'd be ready for the start of training camp. And in his case, I'll take his word on that, given the really incredible recovery that he had from the torn Achilles <laughs> that he suffered at the end of the 2018 season in the playoffs against the Saints. And he was ready. For, I mean, he didn't even go on pup for the start of training camp, which was a yeah. surprise to begin with. And then for him to be ready for week one, he didn't play the entirety of that week one game. Like he came out once they had a lead. Mm-hmm. But uh, thereafter, he basically played almost every snap the rest of the year, aside yeah. from, you know, when he got hurt or whatever. But he didn't come out. Of, like what I mean by that is, I guess he didn't come out of games to sort of, um, I guess, uh, 
you know, protect that injury. Like he he was back and and he was just back for good. And I remember like at the end of the year, I think it was um I think it was Isaac Sayamalo was like was it Isaac Sayamalo or Big V? One of them was like, Man, that sucks. It's the second year in the second off season in a row, he's got a rehab. Like mm. those guys, like at the end of the year, after all they go through throughout training camp and just the rigors of of uh, NFL regular season practice every day and all that, like they they can't wait to get to the off season when when it's finally over. And for him to have to go through rehab each of the last two off seasons does indeed suck. But again, he should be ready in time for for the regular season at a minimum, I would think, because again, like I said, he thinks he'll be ready for training camp. So my back top up guard behind Brandon Brooks would yes. be Matt Pryor. Mm-hmm. Um, who I think is probably at both spots. Uh, I do have Jordan Mailata making the team, although you know I don't feel necessarily great about that. But I'm envisioning him. I mean, you kind of have to keep an extra tackle just because like you're not playing Dillard at right tackle. I didn't so have keep, him on. You're, had, you're keeping someone though to play right tackle because well, again, so it's not Dillard. We, well, Driscoll played right tackle at Auburn, mm-hmm. so he can do that, and he also played left guard. So they're probably going to cross train him at guard and tackle, which again, good idea or not, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, in a, in a scenario where Peters is back, it's kind of hard to, f- it was hard for me anyway, to fit my in there. If Peters yeah. doesn't come back, then that helps my substantially. And then I have Nate Herbig. I mean, the Eagles kept I had him Herbie around. Too. Yeah. They kept him around all last year when they could have had him on the practice squad. Like any, he, he's crazy young. Like I think he was only like 20 when he signed with the Eagles yes. at first last year. So I think like, you know, they view him as a long-term guy. And with the fact that this could potentially be like Jason Kelsey's last season, you know, it might not hurt to kind of have a guy that you're kind of like envisioning could be potentially his replacement. Not a sure bet by any means, but like an option in the building. Um, so this means I don't have Prince Tega Wanogo making the team, but that's because I kind of have him uh, as like a, a PUP potentially or an IR guy. Classic like, IR red shark guy right there. The the injury thing, like as of early April, I, I read an interview where he said he wasn't 100% recovered. He had surgery on the arthroscopic surgery in uh, January. And like, look, this is a guy who a lot of people said like he might go day two, like round two mm-hmm. even, round three. Yeah. And he fell to the like seventh round. So to me, that kind of like tells me the injury is like not some non-issue. Like it could be an issue. I don't know. I'm just guessing, but like. I'm not going to just like gloss over that. Oh, sure. I mean, that's why he fell. He yeah. got flagged at the Senior Bowl for a knee issue, and he was going to compete at the Senior Bowl. And then uh, he and Brandon Ayuk and a few other people, they got flagged, and they weren't allowed to compete. So, um, you know, obviously he was a medical check at the Combine. And, you know, for him to fall to the sixth round when – actually, even before the season began, people were thinking he might become a first-round prospect. So to get him where they got him, I thought it was great value. But you know, I like like you said, I'm on I'm on board with you, where he is just a classic like red shirt IR guy. You don't need to keep him on the roster. You don't want to you don't want to cut him because somebody might pick him up. Like like a team with a bad roster could could snag him up mm-hmm. and then just keep him on the roster all year. You don't want that to happen. So you kind of convince him to say, all right, you know, we're just gonna red shirt you, get your accrued season. Uh, you get you know roster pay and uh we'll see you in 2021 <laughs> good or bad jimmy about the offensive line very good it's one of the best offensive lines in the nfl like i i would say you know 25 to 30 teams at least at least 25 you know, maybe 30 teams or so would trade uh their offensive line for the eagles offensive line in a heartbeat 
I will say good, but I mean, if it is Dillard out there and some of the worst fears are confirmed, I would just say like, you know, eh, that could be a little bit dicey. They're getting old though. Yeah. That Not too. getting old. They already are old. They were old they last year. Old. Yeah, they Especially are Especially if you're counting on a 38-year-old at left tackle. Yes. Yeah. And Kelsey's, you know, who knows if this is Jason Kelsey's last year or not. Brandon Brooks, we already mentioned in his, you know, he's now got two consecutive off seasons of rehab. Lane Johnson is quietly getting up there in age as well. So um, it's a position that they're really going to start have to focusing on. I mean, they took two in this draft, but they're going to really have to start focusing on that in drafts upcoming. Uh, but for now, it's 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 an outstanding offensive line. Let's take a break here, Jimmy, and then go to the defense. Back after this. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back here on BGN Radio 118, going through the Eagles roster, determining which positions are good, bad in terms of outlook. Starting with defensive end on the defense, Jimmy, uh, our very own BLG, Brandon Lee Graham, uh, ahead of the depth chart at defensive end with Derek Barnett, Vinny Curry, who is not currently on the team, but... Yeah, you have Vinny Curry in there too? I do, because Derek, <laughs> Gunn, Derek Gunn recently said that he heard that uh, Vinny Curry could also be coming back. Uh, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know Derek Gunn had that too. Derek yeah, Gunn, Derek after, Gunn, all uh, over our fifty-three man roster projections. He is. He he <laughs> said that right after the the Clement signing happened. Okay, so kind of. Yeah, right. and then uh, and then Josh Sweat. Although you can kind of flip Sweat and Curry on my depth chart. The Eagles kind of did that at the end of last year. There were times where like Josh Sweat received the third amount, most amount of snaps, even late into the season. Yeah, and there were other games where Curry was that guy late into. So like kind of flipping around there. And uh, Curry was good down the stretch. He was pretty invisible, I feel like, for a lot sure. of the season. Yeah. But down the stretch, he was, like, pretty productive. So maybe the Eagles are kind of counting on that. Um, and then I have Jernard Avery as my fifth guy. Jimmy, I know you feel So that. that's what you're, you're keeping five there? Yeah. I, I, have this, I have the same exact thing. Okay. But you feel like uh, it's, it's probably a, a bigger need than we might realize. As far as adding Curry... You have to, so in my opinion, you have to have a guy who can play, you know, any of the three downs. And by that, like that's what in my opinion, All three like, downs. like, like, yeah, yeah. like, like a, a true rotational defensive end is. So by that, I mean, Jannard Avery can't play on first or second down. <laughs> like, if there's a chance that, like, you know, the opposing offense is going to run the ball, you can't have him on the field because you're just going to get killed. Like he's not going to stop. He's, he's not going to help you stop the run. So to me, he's sort of like a pass rush specialist. Slash, I really think they should put him at linebacker as opposed to just as a defensive end. I think he's more of like a pass rush specialist slash like 
linebacker hybrid. He's a weird player is really how I put it. But they only have – so once you get past Graham and Barnett, you only have Josh Sweat who can play all three downs as a defensive end. And then there's nothing There's nothing else there unless, you know, you think Sharif Miller is going to make the jump and he can be that. You have mm. Deshaun Hall who is probably going to start the season on PUP. Uh, you have Joe Osman who I think is a player that's, you know, more of a defensive end than Jannard Avery is but will probably still play a similar role as Jannard Avery is sort of like a stand-up joker type rusher. Uh, I don't have him on my 53, but he does sort of have the sim- he does have like a similar um, role, at least the way that the Eagles used him as as uh, Jannard Avery. So you, you need you need like those two defensive ends that come in on you put it in like hockey language, sort of like line shift, so to speak, where you're putting in a, an entirely new defensive line on like maybe like the third defensive drive of a game if the first two drives are like longer by the opposing offense. Or if like you have like a long drive that's like, you know, you're into like play number 10 and you need to get those those guys a rest and you put in, you know, new four. Like the, Vinny Curry is a guy who can go in and do that. Whereas Gennardi, you don't want Gennardi Avery in that situation. So I think they do have to add that fourth defensive end. And Curry is very boring. Like that'd be a very boring signing. And there are certainly better players that are available right now, but he's going to be super cheap. Uh, I would think at this point in the offseason, and you kind of already know what he is. And as you mentioned, he was productive down the stretch last year. So maybe it just kind of eh, just one last year of him uh, where you're paying him basically nothing. Uh, I would add that I would say Osman's kind of on the bubble for me. Uh, Sharif Miller I do not have high expectations for. And then Casey Tuhill, who the Eagles picked uh, their last pick in this year's draft, is just like a guarantee. They, they should get him to the practice squad, I would think. Unless he absolutely yeah. just destroys in the preseason games, you can probably yeah. pretty safely get him on the practice squad. Practice squad guys. So I, I, I would say I feel bad about this spot, actually, just because um, I don't think it's like a disaster spot and like they don't have anybody there. But I don't think they have like the high-level impact that we're really looking to see, right. ideally. Uh, Derek Barnett is kind of the wild card here in that regard. I mean, he turns 24 in June. Uh, he had that off season last year where he didn't really practice at all. He was coming off of that injury, and injuries are concerned with him. So that's you know he's he's had injury issues. So I'm not dismissing that, but I think there's a chance like that Barnett like it could click for him. He's healthy. Um, again, he's pretty young. Like maybe this is his breakout year. I think you'll kind of need that from him. Really, like I think he's kind of the X factor. Like he's going to make or break this defensive end position, and just because. Again, we haven't seen it happen yet. Like, I'm not just going to bank on that. And he could just kind of be this, like, solid player. Then the defensive end as a position could kind of be, like, solid, but not, like, high impact that it was, say, in 2017. So I'm actually going to go bad on this one. What about you? I wouldn't. Oh, yeah. Mm. Because if we're just doing good or bad. That's the thing. Yeah. It's harder. (laughs) Yeah. That's a tough call. We even disagreed I, on anyone, I, so why I, don't you I, say yes? I really do like Graham a lot as a player. Same. I mean, people still really fixate on the sack numbers, and that, they're actually up last year. How many, how many did he have last year? He had I the know. second highest in his career, I believe, it was eight point five. Eight point. Okay. I'd say they're more bad. Than, I'd say they're below average. So I'll go bad. Okay, so we're 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 in lockstep still so far. I would have I would have liked to have agreed with you there, but uh, or not. I'm sorry, disagreed with you there, but I gotta I gotta go below average on that one. Defensive tackle. They will be helped by this next position at defensive tackle because they're awesome there. Yeah. I mean, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave. I mean, you, they. Well, let me say this to me. 
they better be awesome. Yes, that's they're true. Paying yeah, three should, players. Should, I should I shouldn't crown them as awesome right now. Yeah, they're paying like three players. I think it was a top nine or top seven money at defensive tackle. Three players yeah. in there. Like they 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 have to be elite. They can't just be good. Like they have <laughs> to be right. freaking elite at getting interior uh, pass rush. And I think there's a chance it could. I mean, you have Fletcher Cox, who is, I think he needs to be better this year. Um, like you know, he, he was coming off the injury last year. I think he had the second lowest sack total of his career last season. Like. And I know his impact goes – he wasn't, like, bad, but he wasn't, like, Fletcher Cox good. He needs right. to be, like, Fletcher Cox standard of, like, dominant elite. And I think he could be. Again, he's not coming off the injury. He's going to have Hargrave and Jackson and Ridgeway, who are my four, uh, to spell him and to make sure he doesn't have to play as many snaps as he had the past two years because he goes have been decimated at that position in recent seasons. Um, so I am liking how that position is shaping up. I do kind of wonder how the rotation is going to work. Because it feels weird to, like, put out this depth chart, and I'm listing Malik Jackson as a backup. Like, this is a guy you brought in to be a starter last year, and you paid him big money to be a starter. So uh, they're going to rotate him anyway. I get that, but uh, I guess that's my question mark there. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, so you mentioned uh, Cox coming back from the injury. He barely, he didn't really play at all during training camp, or didn't really practice at all during training camp. He was mm-hmm. off to the side for most of that. I don't think he probably didn't play at all in the preseason. I would imagine. I don't, I don't remember exactly, yes, but I, I, I can't imagine why they would put him in in the preseason game. But in 2018, he had 10 and a half sacks and he had 34 quarterback hits. So like those are great numbers. In 2019, as you mentioned, his sacks were down. He had three and a half. He had 10 quarterback hits. So those numbers were way down. And you kind of maybe look at like uh, Brandon Graham the year the year prior to that, where he was coming off the injury, um, or excuse me, the surgery. And again, he didn't, he didn't really participate at all in training camp in the preseason. And his numbers were way down in, um, in 2018 after a productive 2017 season. He was more productive last year. So I do think we can have some sort of um, reasonable expectations that Cox will be a more productive player than he was last year. I like Javon Hargrave a lot since, um, you know, I, I mean, I knew he was out there during free agency. But I didn't see them spending that kind of money on that position when they were already spending so much on Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson. And then they did. I was like, okay, I get it. Like, but he's uh, after I've you know kind of looked at him a little bit more. He's a really good player, and the trio of Cox, Hargrave, and Jackson. You know, as you mentioned, they're paying those guys a lot of money, so they better be really, really good. And I think they will be. And I like Ridgeway as a fourth. I thought yes. he showed. Some yeah, he was good fine classes. last year. Yep. Yeah. And then even beyond that, like they can have some good depth in on the practice squad because like you had Anthony Rush who was on the team, you had Bruce Hector who's been around the system, Albert, Albert Huggins was also on the team, and you mentioned uh, Raycon Williams as another guy that Eagles had a draftable grade on uh, out of their undrafted free agent signing. So like I think you're you're pretty good there. You have depth there. Hopefully for the Eagles' sake, it's not going to be another season where they're freaking just like decimated yeah. in a, a terrible way. And some of it's just like straight up bad luck. Like Malik Jackson. I know he was 29 last year or 28, but like he'd never missed a game in his career. <laughs> and then he, then he has a season ending injury like week one. That's just kind of like bad luck. Um, so you, I feel you, good. You mentioned before about the, uh, the, the added roster spots and being able to call up two practice squad guys each week. And that's a position that they really could have used that for the last yes. two years. I don't know if you can project that going forward, but. The last couple of years, they really could have used that role then. I don't know how much it'll help them going forward, but they do have a lot of guys, like you mentioned, that probably won't make the team that maybe would. I mean, obviously, they were on the team last year at various points, maybe could crack other rosters, but uh, they do have a lot of depth there. So for me, it's an obvious good for you. Good. 
Yeah. Linebacker, Jimmy. <laughs> Not so good. A little spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at my 53 here, and I've seen a lot of people in the comments on Bleeding Green Nation uh, be like, hmm, linebacker. Uh, looking kind of dicey there with Nate <laughs> yeah. Gary, TJ Edwards, Duke Riley as like a top three. Yeah. Uh, I And then Davion Taylor and then Sean Bradley for me. That's, that's only five. I only had five. I had the same five. I had the same um, five. I, I had the, the big one for me was uh, leaving Jatavis Brown off. Yes. Uh, which wouldn't be a big surprise seeing as the Eagles sign a guy in free agency every year who doesn't make the team. Yep. Corey Nelson. <laughs> more, more specifically, they send a linebacker every year in free agency that doesn't make the team. Or they do. And then or, they or, yeah, they get don't quick, last. Suit, they yeah, very quickly thereafter. Yeah. I uh, Man, this position is thin. I know the Eagles are going to have like a lot of packages where you're using a lot of defensive backs. You know, it's, it's they only really use two linebackers most of the time. And really... Uh, you know, obviously when they're, they're playing like big diamond stuff, they're, they're only using that one linebacker. So it's not like it's the most, it's not like a ton of these guys are going to get playing time. Uh, uh, but I'll, I mean, what if there's injuries all of a sudden, like you're counting on Davion Taylor. Like, I just don't think he's ready to play yeah, defense it's in a big way. And Sean Bradley, you know, like you're looking at a day three pick there who I, I just don't know. Like the depth here is not great. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's really, de- I, and Nate Gary, I think is like, okay like i think he gets a bad i think he's a pretty one of the most divisive eagles really on the team i think a lot of people just think he sucks kiss and Solak obviously think he sucks uh the coaches love i didn't him, realize though. that that's fine yeah there's a big dis- <laughs> disconnect there between uh like how the coaches love nate gary yeah and uh and not so much for uh some a lot of other people and analysts and whatnot out there so and then yeah. tj edwards is a little bit of a wild card too like I actually like a TJ Edwards. He, he is very productive. He had a very low number of snaps, and he had like thirty tackles last year. Yep. And he had one, so like Pro Football Reference has not Pro Football not Pro Football Focus Pro Football Reference. They have like a very small like advanced stats section now on each player page, and they had him down for one missed tackle on the season. Mm-hmm. So on thirty tackles, one missed tackle. That's very. It's pretty good. And uh, let me, actually, let me pull up the number of snaps he had. Snap counts via Twitter from the great, is it Denise or Dennis Selman? Denise. It's Denise, okay. You'll be happy to know, Denise, that I bookmarked your two snap counts for very quick reference. Anyway, uh, TJ Edwards, 115 snaps in the regular defense last year, 30 tackles. I mean, some of those were on special teams, obviously. Uh, he was a core special team all year. But only 115 snaps. I don't know. Let's say at most he had, what, 10 special teams tackles? So let's just assume that 20 tackles and 115 snaps is very good. Jimmy, T.J. Edwards was pro football focus's fourth highest graded Eagles defender last year. <laughs> really? Okay. He, he was, but that's all like, I'll see a lot of his run defense not so good in coverage, which kind of okay. makes like the yeah. book on him. Yeah. Because uh, he's limited athletically, but he's kind of smart and I guess has the instincts and, you know, has some of the, the, the physical uh, strength and whatnot to kind of be good in run defense and the, and the toughness and all those kind of yeah, things. You know what though? Like he had a lot of like pass breakups and interceptions uh, in college at Wisconsin though. He also did in, I feel like a decent amount, not maybe a decent, not a ton, but like I remember noticing him in some practices and OTAs and training camp too, where like he had, I, I think I, I can remember at least like a couple picks or pass breakups where he just knew where to be. Yes. I, I guess I think that's something the that coaches value too. Like he was just in the right spot to make the play. Like, he's a guy, like, if they had just taken him in the fifth round instead of Clayton Thorson. Yeah. <laughs> nobody would have batted an eye on that. But still, I mean, overall. Yeah. I'll give Alex Singleton honorable mention here for some reason. 
Uh, well, he's he's stuck with the team all year, and he, he kind of I think he looked good in preseason, but who knows? This is obviously bad. Just <laughs> Very clearly bad. Nigel Bradham's still out there. Would you uh, would you bring old Nigel back? I don't think they will. I, I mean, don't they think will either. I think they're they done gave with away Nigel. His jersey to Jatavis Brown. Oh, did they? Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, and and then that's Parker. not nothing, by the way. Like, don't it's mock not. Brandon for that. Like, they've it's held on. They've held jersey numbers. They did it with Wiz. Yep. They did. Who else Corey did Graham. they do it with? Yes. Sproles, obviously. 24, a primary, like that's a very sought after number. Anything in the mm-hmm. 20s. And they held 24 for Corey Graham to come back. That's a good yep. example. Yeah. And John Clark has said too that uh, like the Eagles just wanted to move on from him. Like that was what Bradham said to him. Like, oh, okay. Like, it wasn't just like, it wasn't like keep the door open kind of message. It was like, hey, we're moving on. We're getting younger. So, so yeah, I'm, I mean, maybe it could. Who knows? I mean, and they could always have Jatavis Brown change or whatever. Think, but I'm, I'm not counting on that. And so. you know what? Like, this was a position where, you, like, I'm fine with. Uh, actually, I thought Davion Taylor was maybe a little overdrafted. Like, I did, you know, I think he's would have been a better value in like fourth round, for example, than where they got him in the third round. But this is a this is a position where they really could have used somebody who could contribute immediately, <laughs> and they didn't. I mean, by the way, like going back to like mock draft season, people looked at. I mean, the guys who were mocking linebackers to him were just looking at the depth chart and going, I don't know any of these names. <laughs> and like, they're just giving him a linebacker, which we, you know, anyone who follows the team closely knows they don't draft linebackers that highly, which is fine. I actually agree with the strategy on that. But I mean, this is not a great group. One thing I will point out is they've been very good against the run for years. Yes. They were what, third against the run last year. So I don't think they necessarily need great linebackers to be good against the run. And it's not like, you know, they've been torched in the passing game by tight ends, for example. I can't think of many running backs who have had huge games against them in the last few years uh, in the passing game. So they haven't been hurt by sort of having these, you know, shaky linebackers. Hashtag so shaky I, linebackers. I, I get it, but they are very thin. They're thin and they're not very good at the starting spots. Cornerback, Jimmy. Uh, Darius Slay for me, obviously. Okay. Bold take, number one corner. Uh, <laughs> the The big question, though, is who is starting opposite of Darius Slay? And I still think it's going to be Avante Maddox. And yeah. here I am leaning on Derek Gunn again. But he said that he's heard that Maddox is the early favorite to start on the outside. I think so many people are assuming it's just going to be Sidney yeah, Jones. Yeah, uh, how he basically said it was going to be. He didn't say it was going to be Avante Maddox, but he said they feel very comfortable with him on the outside. So yes. I mean, we, don't even need like a, we don't even need a source on that. <laughs> like how he basically said that already to us. I think Nicole Roby Coleman is your look at that first try. Uh, I think NRC is your slot corner. <laughs> um, Craven LeBlanc will compete for that job and kind of be the backup slot corner on the roster, and yes. also just being good on special teams. Sydney Jones is still going to make the team very clearly to me. Yep. And I have Craig James. Mm, interesting. Corner. He was. In, here we go. Craig James was pretty good on special teams last year. He was okay. tied for the, the special teams lead and tackle, especially as a gunner. Like he was just really good on coverage, and uh, he obviously he played. He started uh, for the Eagles against the Jets when their corner situation was so dire. So, and then he had that that Dude, clutch big tip play. On. Yeah, yeah. Bills so, was it? Uh, no, not wait, Bills. The Packers. Packers. Yes. So yeah, I'm keeping him around too, young guy. Um, I put Trevor Williams as a dark horse guy to watch because he's had some starting experience in the NFL for the Chargers. And he can return, too. I didn't even know that. He can return, too. An obvious name here that I did not mention that I think some people will be surprised by 
and again, we're both on the same page when it comes to this, Jimmy, is Razul Douglas, who mm-hmm. is he has a 2.3 million cap number. Yes. And the Eagles are not keeping him. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to keep him at it. that number. And if they do trade or release him, they save 2.1 of that. Mm-hmm. And they're not keeping him on the roster at that number. So um, if they can find a trade partner, then great. If not, they're just going to, he's going to wind up getting released. Maybe, I don't, I don't know if he can like, I don't know if he, I can't imagine he'd be agreeable to just taking a, a flat pay cut. Like if, they, if they don't want him at that number, he'd probably, I'd be, in, if I were Rizzo, I'd be inclined to just go cut me out, find another team. Yeah. So I can't imagine him being on the roster this year. So how do you feel about the position overall? Uh, I would start by saying that Darius Slay, I think, has the potential to be really good. Assuming yeah. he stays healthy and assuming he didn't really drop off a cliff last year in Detroit and like that continues to happen. But I mean, you know, Maddox on the other side and I like Avante Maddox, but you know, it's just you know the size and going up against some of these receivers. He's going to have to go up against like, it's, it's, it's not a sure thing to me. And I like Nicole Roby Coleman in the slot. And I think, uh, or even strap, like I think they're good in the slot, but uh, I mean, I'm just not sold really on this corner spot as a whole. Cause I think there are question marks here. So I'm actually going to say bad on this one. I'm going to say good. Hmm. Finally, a disagreement. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're. To be clear, I don't think they're good. <laughs> but <laughs> I think great they're, argument. <laughs> I think they're more good than bad. I think okay. that uh, Slay is going to be a huge upgrade. I think we're kind of maybe minimizing how good Darius Slay actually is, or at least should be for you know the next couple of years. Um, obviously, he's getting up there in age, so we'll see how long he can man- maintain that. But I think Slay is a really good player. Maddox, as you mentioned, huge concern there. But I really like Roby Coleman in slot. Like, I think he's yeah. a really good slot corner. So uh, I think they upgraded two of those spots there. Okay. So you're going good. I'm going bad. Uh, safety, Jimmy. We have Rodney McLeod, mm-hmm. Jalen Mills at safety now. And I forgot he changed his number. Like, I, I, knew, I wrote an article about that, but I was looking at the roster the other day, and I was like, wait a minute. 21. Yeah, what is he now? Oh, yeah, 21. Yeah, okay. 21. Uh, Will Parks as my third safety in the kind of old Corey Graham slash Andrew Sandejo, that third safety role. And then Kayvon Wallace as number four. I only have them keeping four safeties. So I have them keeping five. I added uh, – I only had five corners, by the way. I had your same guys minus uh, Craig James. Mm-hmm. I have five safeties. I have Mills, McLeod. I have Wallace already as the three. Interesting. Parks now as the four who can also maybe play a little bit corner if you need them to. And then I have Grayland Arnold. Mm. Undrafted free agent, cracking the roster as a as a fifth safety corner, positionless, whatever you want to call them. Can we uh, stop down for a sec <laughs> on how Grayland Arnold has a last name for a first name and a first name for a last oh, name? Oh yeah, okay. There's okay. another. There's another guy like that who. Uh, oh, it was uh, Gennard Avery. Like the like the first day they True. had him, I I called him Avery Gennard once. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, Grayland Arnold actually had six interceptions. In his final season at Baylor last year, have you looked at his spider chart? I have. It's uh, horrible. This is, this is in my mind as you're saying this. He's not very athletic, which you know probably contributes to him not being drafted. And he's undersized too, so it's yeah, a double whammy. Yeah, good. his spider yeah. chart is barely covered at all. It's like it's not as bad as Casey Matthews was back in the day, but it's uh, not <laughs> that far off. So yeah, it's uh, not great. Anyway, position. Uh, you know the the positions that they'll play at safety is you know Mills will take over the Malcolm Jenkins role. Rodney McLeod will stay in the Rodney McLeod role. Uh, I again, like I said, I have Kayvon Wallace just cracking the cracking the the, the lineup in in some way. 
right mm-hmm. off the bat. I don't know if that's controversial or not, but I think he's a really good player and will contribute immediately and then Parks and Arnold thereafter. So I'm actually going to say bad here, too. Just oh, because, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's yeah. controversial at all. I mean, McLeod is coming off the season where, you know, I we've talked about it at nauseum, just involved in a lot of big plays given up. Um, maybe the case for optimism is that, like, he's healthier this year. Again, he's not coming off injury like he was kind of last year. Uh, and But also he's getting older, so I just I don't feel awesome about it. Uh, Jalen Mills is a complete projection and safety. <laughs> like, that is yeah, a easier huge... said than done. Yeah, I, I think I, can't. I think you know he's been in the league long enough where I don't think it's a like a super hard transition. It's not like he's like coming from actually. I mean, I guess he did play safety in in, in college too, but yep. it's, it's not like he's learning a completely new position. Like he's been there before or whatever. But yeah, I mean, just to say you're a cornerback one day and then the next day you're a safety. I mean, I guess that's not really that's a bad way to put it because he has all season to learn the position. But uh, but well, he's yeah, doing it in off season where there's no reps. Too. But true, yeah. But it is easier said than done to just you know to, to just kind of switch from one year to the next from one position to the other when you when you are limited athletically as Mills is. Yeah, so I feel a little bit better about the depth here. I will say, you know, they they more like bodies from one to four. It's just you know the talent you know isn't might not be great. Like you know last year you have Rudy Ford and freaking you know Marcus Epps. Like at least you. You're, you're moving on from that, but uh, overall, I would just say bad still, just given the uncertainty there. So we can, we can wrap up here, Jimmy, with special teams. Yes. No competition here at all, so it's easy to – this is the easiest layup as there is in our in 53-man projections. But Jake Elliott, kicker, Cameron Johnston is the punter, and pro bowler. Yeah, Rick Lovato. Pro bowl long snapper Rick Lovato. Now, I do want to add here in here that – you know, kind of looking at the returner positions, I feel like that's kind of an underrated story here that the Eagles have done this offseason. I think Rager is like a big deal yes. on part returns potentially. And then I don't know exactly who they're going to put back there on kick returns. But Hightower uh, had some decent numbers doing that for Boise State. So mm-hmm. they could also be uh, – they could be good there too. And Deshaun too. Like that was uh, sort of yep. something that people were looking forward to last year. You know, him – it wasn't going to be your primary punt returner, but in sort of quote unquote high leverage situations, you put him back there and, yep. uh, you know, he can do that as well. So you'll have him back potentially, uh, maybe doing that. So yeah, returners, uh, and they, they had Miles Sanders doing that last year, returning kicks. I'm not going to see that this year. Correct. Yeah. We're not, <laughs> yes, we're not going to see that. So, um, Jimmy here, we, I have the final tally, I believe one, two. Well, are you, are you saying good on specialist or? Yeah, good. definitely good. Yeah, by the way, Jake Elliott gets gets. Um, I feel like whenever he misses a kick, during like one kick during the season, people are like, "Jake Elliott sucks." <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> He's made like an insane number of huge kicks. He misses a like a thirty nine yarder, and people fly off the handle. Um, yeah, it's true, Jimmy. I'm going through the tally here. I think I have. <laughs> Thanks for your support on that. <laughs> Sorry, I think I have you down for two only two no's. I think you said what linebacker? Or I no, said I linebacker, to... defensive end, yeah, safety. Okay, so I, I had three there. So no, three. and I... and uh, and wide receiver. I had four. Okay, wait. What? So which ones did you have? You had my my bads were receiver, receiver, defensive end, defensive end, linebacker, linebacker, safety. So for me, uh, it would be you know wide receiver. It would be defensive end, linebacker. Cornerback and safety. Yeah. So, so I only five. have one more good than you. So we have more good than bad, and uh, it's a good roster. It's a good roster. I'm. There's, there's been a lot of. Uh, I don't know what the right word. 
is where it to me. I feel like I've gotten a lot of hate recently. I've alluded to this <laughs> during the pre-draft process. A lot of people are like, oh, BLG are too negative. Uh, you, you know, what do you know? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying they're going to be a terrible team. I, I've never said that. I'm not – I think – like there's no, you know, there's no room for nuance a lot of the time. It's like I'm not saying they're going to go four and twelve. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when you look at their projection, I don't think they're in that elite tier still, and I think that's a problem because you look at today's NFL and the teams that make the. So for all the talk that you know the Eagles have made the playoffs the last three years, and that's a reason why you can't criticize Howie Roseman apparently. Like teams who make the playoffs. As the wild cards or teams are playing on wild card weekend, they're not going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, there hasn't been a single. Usually they don't, for sure. It hasn't happened since 2013. Like it's, that's <laughs> yeah. just not today's NFL anymore. And it's going to be even tougher now that they're added a seventh seed and that one seed, you know, alone gets the buy. Like, yeah, I feel like more than ever, like the parity isn't what it used to be, and you need to have an elite roster. So that should be the standard. It shouldn't just be like. You make the playoffs that's good enough, especially when you've won a Super Bowl. In recent I mean, they years. they backed in, not backed into, but they 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 were luck, they were lucky to to get in the playoffs last year. The only reason they got in last, they play in any other division in the NFL, they're not in the playoffs. You could say the same for 2018, where they make it as a six seed, mm-hmm. and the Vikings blow a home game where they needed to win. Like they've gotten good fortune. So I don't want to hear like how you know the Eagles like they're above questioning and above doubt, <laughs> right? Um, so I don't feel terrible about them. I'm not saying again. I, I think they're a playoff team. I do. I just wonder if they're an elite team still. Maybe they can be. You know, if things go right here, there's like there's the case for optimism. It can work out. And Carson Wentz could be such a big deal. Like he could go on an elite tear that like he could erase some of these issues. That's what a quarterback does. Like your linebacker depth doesn't really matter if Carson Wentz is playing out of his mind. Yeah. But, you know, just as a whole and kind of looking at the, the chances of this, I just kind of feel more good than bad, but like they're still bad there. Yeah, it's a, it's a good – the way I put it is it's a good roster, but they haven't – over the last, you know, few years, they haven't added enough good pieces to make the roster great, which mm-hmm. it was in 2017. Yeah, they're not like the Saints, you know, or they're the Chiefs. They're not in this elite tier. Like they're not this special team. They're a good team. But like that shouldn't just be the goal. Like <laughs> that's, and I know it's not easy to be like the Patriots. It's uh, it's very hard to be that kind of good over a long period of time. But again, that should be the goal. Like we should that's that should be the standard people are holding them to. Not just like oh we're fine with making the playoffs. Like that's not even Philly. What kind of Philly attitude is that? Like oh <laughs> we're just content. Like that's not that's not even what this fan base is. So uh, yeah, I just think you know we should be aiming higher. And I think that. Um, there's there's a lot of reasons to be excited about this team, but there are also pitfalls to be worried about. And there's look, there's a number of teams. There's no perfect roster in the NFL. Like that's one thing that always used to bother me. Um, I feel like talking about how like the Eagles prior to them winning the Super Bowl was like people would just focus on their holes a lot and be like, oh, we just we can't win because we have these holes. And it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every team has holes. There's yeah. no perfect roster. Uh, and so you know that's the caveat to our exercise here. It's not like they're going to be stacked at every single position but um overall you know i well we'll see when the schedule we'll save the the record predictions for when the schedule comes out later this week i guess but uh yeah there's there's plenty of reason to be encouraged do you have anything else Jimmy? well i would say also that like they're they're like really good at some boring not boring but, but like some like uh positions where you don't have guys standing out and by that i mean offensive line like, mm-hmm. like Lane Johnson, in my opinion, is the best right tackle in the NFL. Okay. So like if he were 
a running back, and you had he was the best running back. Like the Eagles had the best running back in the NFL. He that guy would get noticed like more than Lane Johnson does. You know what I mean? So like they have you know they have Brandon Brooks, who's arguably you know if not the best right guard in the NFL, he's you know top three, top five. Their defensive tackles are obviously very good. That's sort of another like not uh, super visible position. And Carson Wentz is obviously a very visible player as the quarterback, and Miles Sanders has a chance to be really, really good. But I guess I guess the point is here, like, where they're very good, it's almost kind of like um, you have to search for it a little bit. So if you want to get in on the good or bad conversation, join us on Twitter. You can hashtag good or bad. <laughs> that's, there's, that's, probably, uh, that's probably not specific. Eagles good or bad we'll go with. Hashtag Eagles good or bad. Because hashtag good or bad is probably very common out there. Probably. (laughs) Do you you have any final thoughts here, Jim? I don't, Brandon, uh, other than my shaved head, which uh, does not look good but feels great. Yeah, again, that's hashtag Jimmy Buzz if you want to see that. Um, Obviously, we will have more coverage for you coming your way, specifically as it relates to the NFL schedule coming out this Thursday, May 7th. Uh, I don't know what that looks like yet, but we will have some kind of podcast. Should we, should we do a pod on that? On the I schedule think we really should, Jimmy. Yeah. I'm, I'm up for it. Okay. We'll do uh, maybe like win-loss, that stupid yep. exercise. Yeah, well, people love it, though. And I, I like to do it. <laughs> who, who cares? What else are we doing? Especially now, this time. I know. It's just funny. Care. like the, the way that like people uh, usually like have – like the, the way that those wins and loss usually break out is like oh, it's uh, – yeah. Well, for the – you know, it'll be like – Win all your home games. And this is just very – just generically speaking, they win – uh, you know, they, they beat, uh, they, they sweep like the bad team in the division mm-hmm. and then they split with the other two, mm-hmm. like the, the mediocre team. And then the really good one, they split so with those two, two teams and then, uh, they win, you know, like six, like 60 to 70% of their home games and they lose like, you know, 50% of their road games uh-huh. otherwise. And then they wind up at like 10 and six. Yep. 11, five, baby. <laughs> All around there. Every year, <laughs> like even the bad teams, like the the people that uh, that uh, you know do the, those win loss projections, they always wind up being like. I think uh, there was one year, like uh, I looked at all like this is when I was writing for Bleeding Nation. Actually, I took a look at all the SB Nation uh, projection records. Yeah, and I actually came up with a full total win loss record for the whole league, mm-hmm. and it was up around like like it was up around mm-hmm. like you know like six hundred. Yeah, <laughs> like six hundred winning percentage. It, like it was nowhere near like fifty fifty, which I found kind of funny. So we are we're all a little optimistic this time of year, and for sure, uh, and, and that's okay. That's fine, and, that, and that's fine. Yeah, it's just the nature of uh, of sports. So yeah, so we'll be back here for that. Make sure you subscribe to BGN Radio if you haven't already. Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed to, uh, to check out that show and more. You can follow BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. Follow me on Twitter, not myself, me, on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. You can follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Check out our work at BleedingGreenNation.com and Philly Voice, respectively. And until next time. Goodbye, everybody. BGN.